This show will pollute listeners' ears with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. Last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema psyops, which exploits women and men alike, to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, uh, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. Sitting here in the studio with me as if we never actually left is Matt. What feels like we're just going in a circle, man. (laughs) It's like we were camping together and this weird computer thing started manifesting all of your weird anxieties and fears and all the different issues that you had. That's a lot of bottles of Jack Daniels. (laughs) A lot of bottles of Jack Daniels. A lot of bottles of Jack Daniels. Caused a lot of cuts on a lot of people, those bottles of Jack Daniels. Yes, they did. No, everybody knows. We already talked about it in the last episode. Even though they're hearing this the week later, we recorded this on the exact same night. Yes. That's like three hours at least in the studio together, nonstop. My God. We haven't done this in a long time. I can only masturbate so much. (laughs) But luckily for me and my voice, and maybe for the audience, I don't know, you're doing the notes this time. Yeah, it's too bad for them. (laughs) All right, let's start it. Murderless. Well, we haven't even done anything yet. Hold on. Murderless. Steve's a creep. Steve's a killer. There we go. We're done. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's that that could be the back of the synopsis for Murderlust. Yeah, yeah. Steve's a creep. Steve's a killer. Yeah. We're done. Yep. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. But Murderlust is the next film that they produce. I think they produced one before Murderlust, but this was the very, at least on this disc, it's the next one that they mm-hmm. made. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, guys have definitely learned their filmmaking craft a little bit more. There's more composed shots. They're shooting on film for sure. Yes. Uh, I think this one is 35. I think the other one might have been 16. I'm really not sure. Uh, but you can actually see them growing as filmmakers, which is really interesting. It is. They're self-funded and definitely not professional. But this is the kind of cinema I dig, Matt. Yeah. I don't like a whole lot of polish all the time. I like to see what people with no money can do and just be creative and have fun. There you go. And occasionally they produce a movie like Murder Lust, which is filled with violence and degradation of women. Yes. Which I know you're a huge fan of. No. Did you even feel that bus when I threw you right Yeah, on yeah I did. <laughs> that one I, you felt? I heard it beeping. I, I threw you on, I threw you in feet first that time. Yes. Aw. Yeah. Poor you. That was horrific. <laughs> 
Get out of the way. I think it's perfect that you have to discuss a film like this because there's no way you could have done the notes for Jail the Women's Hell. No, no, there's no way. <laughs> I was very happy you had to do that one. <laughs> I'm going to try and take the bullet for some of that stuff unless you piss me off and then I'm going to make you do the notes for that stuff. Oh, there you go. So that's how it works. Yay. I know you can't wait to talk about I all really of the can. wonderful, enjoyable, I actually got a lot of stuff. things to talk about this. <laughs> so I want to get into it. I see most of your notes are fuck Steve. Steve's a prick. Fuck you, Steve. Die, Steve. Why aren't you fucking dead yet? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should take a break. Let you do the actual notes for the film this time around. But no, those are the right notes. <laughs> I even have clip times in there. Okay. I guess I mean, we'll see how that works. They're all clips of me just saying, fuck, fuck Steve. You, Steve. <laughs> fuck you, Steve. Why aren't you dead yet, Steve? I wonder why you actually recorded your own clips for once. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, while we try to get some shit worked out here and figure out exactly what is going on with your notes, yeah. we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a promo from our flagship of Legion podcast, the Patreon, that I sure hope all of you folks are participating in in at least some way shape or form because if there's no network there's no cinema psyops that's right gonna take a little break we're gonna play a little bit of music here when we come back we will have an actual fucking trailer for murder lust oh my god keep it quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show i'm bo ransdell and i'm one of the many creators you can find on legion podcasts i said quiet My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room.
right, so we had all murder. We had no guts. Yes. And was there any fun in this film? No. I think if you like to watch women degraded and violated and treated like pieces of meat if and you like to see strangled. A, and not even just that. If you just like to see a guy act like he's better than everybody else in every way, shape, and form, uh-huh. even though he's really not, uh-huh. and you like to see him fail at everything except for one thing, yeah. then this is the movie for you. I was going to say, that's how our friendship works. Pretty much. And if you want to figure out exactly what that's like, here's the trailer. Murder. Brutal. Violent. Vicious. With no apparent motive. These are words we dread to read or hear in the media. These words describe the handiwork of the most insidious and evil of criminals. The so-called serial killer. This type of killer is hard to catch. Some are never caught. Why? How can they murder with such impunity? Where do they hide? The answer in plain sight. This is Steve Belmont, trusted and upstanding member of his community, respected by his family and friends. He has just one hobby, honored and loved, decent, kind, with one pastime. Outstanding member of his church, the man any mother would want for her daughter, loving, caring, the ideal boyfriend, husband, lover, deeply passionate, tender, gentle. Why don't I ring for the butler? He can bring us some drinks and we can toast Steve Belmont. A man more concerned with self-sacrifice than self-gain. A Christian in the truest sense of the word. Fact. In the sexual psychopath, the sexual urge becomes twisted and fuses with the violence of murder. A killer is born. Until caught, whole cities can be swept with panic. Some call him a maniac. Some call him the devil. This is the face of a monster. All right, so it shows the title Murder Lost, but it never yeah. actually says the title in that. But uh, the trailer is actually pretty decent. It actually yeah. makes this film seem a lot more serious than what most people would take it, judging by the poster artwork I've seen for it across the world. Yes. I like the DVD cover. I think it's trying to take itself a little more serious than some of the other stuff that I've seen out there. So I'm glad they went with the artwork that they did for the Intervision disc that we're talking about tonight. Uh, I, we talked about it uh, in the last episode. Yeah, and it's basically what we were joking around about, a lady who is starting to disrobe and, uh, and a man holding on to a rope because yep. he's a strangler. You know, one thing I almost forgot and we can bring it up here, the other classic trope is uh, a lady with her leg, her only her leg showing and like in stockings and then either dude looking at it or a group of dudes looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Or just a lady's posterior in some way, shape or form. Yeah, and like in, like in front of a window or shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's also that classic. Sex cells and female bodies are gorgeous to look at and really automatically well, trigger the for you and I they're gorgeous to look at yeah by me there are some people who might not think they're gorgeous to look at those people are wrong so you say gay people are wrong anyone who doesn't find a woman attractive is wrong <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> no I'm talking about the well beauty. that's a clip <laughs> I'm talking about the beauty of a body here just because you aren't attracted to something sexually doesn't mean that you can't find the beauty in a body I'm not attracted to dudes but beep, I can beep you think I'm trying to backtrack here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just cut it all out. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave it all in. Oh. Wait, is that what you tell your wife at night? Maybe I'll just leave it all in. Only when I'm playing Mormon and I'm soaking. <laughs> okay. Fuck you. Let's just start Do the this. fucking notes already. Okay. Uh, what, what was that? Did you turn into Glenn Danzig for a second? <laughs> murder lost. Mama. Murder lost. Murder lost. Hey, that's actually the only thing you can sing is dancing uh, Kermit the Frog Belt. I know. Just do the fucking notes. I'll we'll be here all night. I'm fucking trying. Murder Lars. <laughs> <laughs> I 
children not to walk my way. All right, there you suck again. So do the notes. All right, we start out here. We uh, get a picture of Steve. He is a creepy little stare with his beady little eyes and stupid fucking mustache. It was the 80s. Everybody had beady eyes and a stupid fucking mustache. (laughs) He's uh, drinking with some buddies. They see a woman and uh, they can see Steve's kind of staring at her. And She's uh, a rather fetching woman. She's a rather fetching woman. And one of uh, Steve's friends knows her to be a prostitute. All right. Or slept for money. My kind of woman. Yeah. So Steve decides to go talk to her. Out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I hope she never hears this episode. Oh God, yeah, right. Or if she does, maybe she'll beat the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. I like that too. Uh, what's your safe word again? Keep going. <laughs> Mine's don't stop. I thought it was no, don't stop. No, don't No, don't stop. Seriously, no, don't stop. Uh, they uh, strike up a conversation and she believes him to be a cop. He says, no, he says he's a very special customer. It's the mustache. That's why. He looks like yep. a cop. He looks like a creepy fucking rapey cop. Yeah, exactly. He says he's a very special customer with very special needs and floats a hundred down her shirt. Uh, tells her that his van's out front and that he'll meet her outside. All sorts of alarm bells going off. Yeah, here. right. Uh, he the goes, way he acts, too, he gets a little forceful with her here. Yeah, and he, that sends off he kind of grabs her, her arm and almost twists yeah. it. Yeah. When he says he's a special customer with special needs. So she knows what he's into. Yeah, he's. He's sending out a dog whistle to her saying that he wants to beat her up or something worse, yep. and she's just not into that. He goes back to his bunnies. Uh, they say, hey, what's going on? And uh, one of them burps, and he really puts down pretty much all his friends about how unintellectual they all are and all that. One of them has an Australian accent for no reason, and what the fuck is he doing in this town? Right. Um. He says that woman's too expensive for him, and then once again, we see his air of superiority when he says, and also that it's a lie where he says he can just go get it for free. Uh, he also says he has church on Sunday and somebody has to pray for all of them and they all mock him because they all want to head back to one of the other guys' place because one of the other guys' wives out of town and he's got a whole case of beer on ice. Ooh, watch out everybody. They're going to get crazy. Fucking shit. <laughs> Just because you have a whole case of beer on ice in your trunk at all times doesn't mean that nobody else does. Well, too bad <laughs> for them. Steve heads out deciding to meet the woman and well, that's seems important. That's our first clip. Thought you'd run away from me, huh? I wouldn't like that. You're really asking for it, aren't you? What's this? Take it. I have. Can't do what you want. Hey, wait, 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 wait a second. What's the matter? Look, I'm sorry. Let me explain something to you, okay? What I said inside, I didn't mean it. It was just a put-on, okay? I didn't mean to scare you. No, you didn't scare me. Just don't give in the kinky stuff, got it? I got it. Okay, so what do you get into? I'll pay. No, I know guys like you. you no, know, you can't get it done unless you got somebody tied up and have scared to death. No thanks. I had my deal with the last guy I shacked up with. Wait, wait a second. Do I look like the kind of guy that's gonna hurt somebody? Huh? Look, there are a lot of girls around here. Some of them get into your type of action. So why me? I like your smile. Oh, give me a break. Hey, I tell you what, I'll give you $50, okay, for a blowjob. That's nice and easy money. You're really desperate, aren't you? So why don't you beg me? Go on, get on your knees in bed. $100, baby, for 10 minutes easy work. Looks like I'm not the only sucker around here. I can use this. I've got another mouth to feed. What do you got, a kid? What difference does it make? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, the father left me holding the bag. Now I got to do crap like this to make ends meet. So where do you want to do this? What's the matter? Don't you like the kid? What's with you? The kid's a kid. They're all pains in the butt. They're a lot better off if he had come along. I'm going to have to put it with people like you. Come on, let's 
get this over with. We're in the back? No, 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 no. Hey, I tell you what, I got another place, a little more private, okay? No. No, I'm not going anywhere. Wait a second, wait a second. Hey, it's just around the corner, okay? After all, I gave you a hundred dollars, right? Besides, we got people walking out to their cars. Okay. Now we can finally get this over with. You know, he really couldn't help being born. Are you and my kid again? What the hell's wrong with you? My kid's my own damn business. I knew it. I knew it. It's as limp as a wet noodle. Well, why don't you turn around? Give me a few seconds, huh? You gotta get yourself started. I guess I've seen it all. I just thought of something. You're gay, are you? <laughs> yeah, you got a big mouth. You can just fill it up if you can get your thing to work. <laughs> what happened to your big mouth, baby? Hey, I hope I didn't hit you too hard, you know? Because there's some things I gotta tell you. You know what I mean? But you're frightened, aren't you? Please don't. Please, please don't. What? Huh? Don't hurt me. Don't hit you? Is that what you said? Don't hit you? No, I promise I won't hit you. I'm about to kill you. No, no. I'll do anything. Anything? Anything is enough. No. Don't stop so hard, baby. Of course not. Come on, baby. You really want to live. Give me a good reason why you want to live, baby. Give me a good reason. Huh? No. My, 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 oh, my, what? Come on. My child needs me. Oh, no, no. He could do a lot better off without you. Oh, no. I have your life in my hands, too. Jesus, man, did you mean to put the whole entire murder in that clip? Yes, that's payback because you did that to us once. So, <laughs> I mean, granted, I was masturbating the whole way through that, but I, still. I realized that. Yeah. Well, looking in a mirror. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I like to stare in my own eyes as I terminate. As you complete? No, terminate. Terminate. Is that what I you like, call it? I like to pretend like something died for me to have that orgasm, Matt. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, well died, now, Matt. We see Steve has a as a bit of a wet noodle problem. Well, okay, let's kind of back it up here a little yeah. bit. As much as you may detest and not like the main character and his quote unquote murder lust, yeah. one thing this film gets right is all the stuff about serial killers. The guy who wrote this did enough research. Oh no, I I completely yeah. like how they built his character because they built him much like a lot of the serial killers of the day. Of of, uh, the even, most well-known ones of even the day. today like if you ever watched what? the trial and like the documentary of that uh the uh bound btk btk killer bind torture kill yeah the, the, uh, btk uh-huh. it just simply like when he was in court like reciting like his crimes because that's part of what he had to do yeah. for his, his deal yeah, he had to confess my everything. god the way he talked down to just everybody yeah. in the way i mean reminds me completely of this character steve the actor who plays Steve nails that really, really well. Yeah. It's quite good. But the actual psychology behind it and the way that the guy works, the misogyny is there right out in the front. Oh, yeah. Like, he more or less was going to kill this prostitute regardless. That's why he didn't tell his friends that he actually paid her and he made it sound like he was turning her down and he was just going to go home. Yeah. He was going to kill her anyway. Oh, no, yeah. He wanted an alibi. When he found out that she had a child and was still hooking yeah. and it was a male child, the misogyny kicked in on this guy even more. He very clearly hates women. Well, and he does, and I would have almost said this. If she would have been like, I'm doing this to try 
to help my son, all this. I, I'm not wondering if he wouldn't have let her go, but because of the way she kind of acted, like nonchalantly she about the kid. She said her son was a pain in the ass, yeah, and therefore he. That, that helped seal her fate, because he, had, he and we'll discuss this later I'm on, but later sure on, he, he was, shows. I'm pretty sure he was not treated well by a maternal figure. No. Whether it was his direct mother or someone else that was a and So I'm saying that if woman. this woman was like, was like, you know. He's, this, he would have still killed her. He probably just wouldn't have been as cruel about it. He would have yeah. gotten over with quicker. Well, maybe. He might have let her go, though. He might have been like, you know what? Forget <sighs> about it. But he's he shows he does that in some of these scenes. We'll he, get to he, that. Don't we'll get me to wrong. It's not that he has a love of women. He hates all women. Yeah. But he might have looked at a, a, a greater sense of, of purpose there. We only see him let one woman go, and I don't think it's for the reasons that you're thinking, but we'll get to it when he all lets right. that woman go. So go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. So Steve goes out and he dumps the body out in the Mohe- uh, 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 Mojave Desert. Were you going to say Mojave? Yeah, I was going to say Mojave. Uh, Mojave Desert. Mojave. Mojave. Anyway, Let's now just it's... grossly mispronounce it for the rest of the episode. I want to. Mojave. 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 Wait, that's an Indian word. This is racist. Let's yeah. stop. <laughs> okay, it's getting bad. And by Indian, I mean Native American. Okay. And by Native American, I mean first people. Yeah. And by first people, I mean they were here first and we fucking stole it. Yes. I don't know how much more PC I can get with I, this. I don't know either. <laughs> it rightfully belongs to them. Give it back. You you may have now made up for that beautiful woman comment. <laughs> all right, Sunday school time. The kids are, you know, just being kids. They're all kind of just being, you know, asshole teenagers. Uh, Steve is shown as being tired right now and short-tempered. He kind of doesn't have the greatest schedule. He's hungover because he's yeah. an alcoholic and he can't drink. He's a dry drunk in this And moment. he stays up way late. Well, yeah. I mean, you if know, you're going to murder him. a prostitute, you got to do it late at night. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Trust me, I know this. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, as he's asking for assignments, we find one of the girls named Debbie drew a picture of Steve jerking off. And one of the kids also said, like, tried to spell out the word fuck, and then Steve cut him off because the kid was like a smart-ass class clown type. Yeah. And then the girl, was it Debbie you said her name Debbie is? Debbie is, is kind of not the class she's clown. The she's the angry loner who yeah. is just pissed off and was just going to hand him that paper, I guess, or was just drawing it just to draw it. Yeah. What possibility does she gain by drawing her teacher jerking off? I, no idea. Other than showing it to people to make them laugh. I mean, she's just trying to be a badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she said it's a picture of his prick just like you, is what she says to him. Uh, as he takes her outside, he calls her a little whore. So, way to go. Yeah, the misogyny, he can't even keep it under yep. control Debbie in an environment mention like this. That she is an atheist. And when he says he's going to go ahead and uh, find uh, her father to tell him about this pic, uh, Debbie says that she will get him for this. I just want to point out, too, that when he has that confrontation, with her and she basically says there probably is no God. She never yeah. says I'm an atheist. Yeah. She, he says something about God will punish her for being a whore. She goes, there like is that. no God. Yeah, and then she basically said there's probably not even a God anyway. It doesn't even matter so screw I, him or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was something a little bit more definitive. Uh, okay, let's say she says there's no God, but yeah. then she says, and even if there was screw him or something along yeah, those something. lines. She says some pretty definitive and extremely angry stuff and I just wish a girl like that existed when I was being dragged to church because <laughs> her and I would have hung out. You'd have been best friends. And I would have been there to make sure that guy didn't talk to her like he did. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Steve finds Debbie's dad and tells him about the picture. Debbie's dad then forces her to apologize to Steve and then Steve says, remember who's in control. And they leave obviously stating he's in control but when asked about it uh, by another churchgoer, he goes, oh, I was talking about God, of course, when that's not really what he was talking about at all. 
all. Okay, so they're establishing this guy's on a constant ego trip, even though he is overcompensating for his own self-loathing. Yeah. He has a serious God complex, which is part of his whole getting off and killing. Yep. And the reason that he has to kill to get off is because he can't get it up otherwise. Yes. I don't think he can get it up then. I No, I think he ejaculates as someone is dying. Like I, I don't think, think he does. I, I don't. I think that dick is soft constantly. Clip. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is a lot of these like sex cur- killers literally get an orgasm from killing. Yeah. That's something that actually happens. And I think the strangulation is essentially like a masturbation play for him. Yeah. And when they finally die, that is when he reaches climax. Oh, uh, that's true. Maybe. I don't know. That's just based on all of the reading about serial killers that I did in my teens. Yeah. Later on, uh, <laughs> Steve brings another prostitute back to his place as she dips robes and turn the radio. He... Oh, she was a hooker. I thought he actually was able to pick up a chick. No, she was a hooker because she kept going, let's make this quick. Come on, let's go. She mentioned a lot of things about time. So And time is money, so yeah. therefore he had to pay her. Uh-huh. Uh, she was, as she just robes, he asked her to change the uh, music station she had on the radio. As she does, he begins to strangle her to death. But she strips down before any violence happens yes. towards her, so that's technically a thank you is movie. Is that a ta- I, I was nervous about doing a thank you movie for that. Nudity, no violence at the time that there's nudity. It's only until no. later the violence comes in. So All right. thank, thank you, you movie. movie. Uh, as he drags her uh, over into the bathroom, we hear there's a knock at the door, and Steve's cousin's Neil just comes walking in, and that is our next clip. What are you doing here? I thought you were going to be gone all day. Nice to see you too, cousin. Yeah? What do you want? Come barge into my house? Because you live next door. Well, I wound up having the afternoon off. I thought I'd get a few things done. going to be doing some laundry, so I'm going to get those towels that I lent you. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll bring them back. All right, I'm already here. I said I'll bring them back to you. Come on, hurry up. Get out of there. Oh, where's the washcloth I lent you? I'll bring it over to you. Don't worry about it. What is the matter with you? I've got a headache. Come on, let's go. Just get out. Sounds more like you're on your period. Listen, the next time I lend these things to you, be sure you get them back to me. Yeah, don't worry about it. Goodbye, Neil. You're welcome. Close the door on the way out. What's in the can, Goose? Trash. I got trash, Neil. A lot of trash. Where are you going with it? To the dump. To the dump, Neil. Today is Sunday. Yeah, I got a place. I got a special place. I dump it off. Oh, you're taking trash? Well, listen, I've yeah. got some in my place. No, no, I don't have any room, Neil. Do me a favor. Get on the other end. Push, will you? Push, cutting, Neil. I've been cutting flowers. I'm not trusted with it. Neil, get on there and push. What the hell do you have It's in trash, there? Neil. It's filled with trash. Now get out of there and push. Come on. All right. By God, what the hell do you have in this thing? Oh, I got a lot of trash, Neil. You must have your right. entire apartment in that thing. Yeah, I do. I do. You're seeing Neil. Won't let me take, give you any. I'm really glad that that clip was a constant update about how much that barrel filled with hooker weighs. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of trash, Neil. If she wasn't dead, she's probably in that container going, God damn it, I don't weigh that much. I'm like 108. <laughs> you bastards. Oh my God. But as we see, Neil, Steve. Neil's a weird sounding dude. Yeah, Neil's a weird sounding dude and he's a bit of a nudge, but Steve yeah. is a fucking prick and a oh. user. Yeah, a, a user, a, he's a prick. and uh, It's amazing Neil has not written off this piece of shit of a cousin yet. No, it's. I mean, I can. I would fucking not even live next door to him. You have to loan the guy towels and a washcloth. Yeah, that's it's sad. No, no. If I have to loan a relative towels and a washcloth, and they're not staying with me and yeah. need a towels and a washcloth, like if they're next door and they don't have their own towels and washcloths. Yeah. Uh, no, we're, no. We're, I'm writing you off. Yeah, it's a no. Yeah, and I'm moving as yeah. far away from you as I can. Exactly. Yeah. 
What a fucking loser Steve is. Ugh, Piece it's of so shit. sad. The only thing cool about him is that he kills hookers. D- dude. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. I'll probably cut that out. Okay. No, nah, I, I won't. I'll, oh, I'll leave it right. No, it's true though. I mean, like the only good thing about this guy is that he murders women. Wait, that's bad. That's, right? that's bad. Okay. And a clip. What if he murders men? Is that still bad? That's still bad. Murdering people is wrong. Yes. Killing people is wrong? Yes. Fuck. Breakthrough. I gotta I just do your notes, man. I, I gotta <laughs> get some shit I gotta work through. Not a problem, man. Maybe later on we'll go throw the ball around. Alright. Just, just do the notes. Alright, alright, alright. I can't take this. Steve takes the body to the desert and a long drive sequence. Kinda, you know, we're seeing kind of the you know where the movie comes from. This is a pretty long driving sequence. Is this the one where it's filmed from above with the helicopter? Yeah. The aerial photography uh-huh. is really beautiful. No, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I just it was pretty long. No, it's it's padding. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but if at you're least, gonna pat at out least the make film, it pretty. Yeah, if you're gonna pat out the film, shots of someone driving through a mountain is a good way to do it for me. I'm looking at you, Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. Yeah, right. I <laughs> uh, comes back and is heavily drunk. Neil says Steve is behind on his rent and got another visit from the realtor. Neil says he will no longer cover for Steve. Uh, the next morning, Steve gets visited by the landlord and he's saying it's time to pay. He owes two months rent. But I can't pay the rent. But you must pay the rent. But I can't pay the rent. But you must pay the rent. Pay the rent. <laughs> pay the rent. Uh, Steve gets a call from the church and he's getting called in for a meeting the next night. Uh, he pays the ba- the last month's rent and the realtor asks for the current month's rent and Steve says he'll get that to him on Friday and he says, well, if there's no check on Friday, the notice goes up. Yeah, three-day notice and you have to vacate. Yep. Steve uh, goes to his uh, security guard job at a horse track. He is apparently late again by 20 minutes. Uh, he and his boss do not get along. Uh, as his boss is talking to him, uh, Steve keeps like interjecting. He's like, no, I'm five minutes late. I should. He goes, I should write you up. He goes, for being five minutes late. And he goes, no, you were 20 minutes late. And this has been happening a lot. And he goes, maybe a couple times. And he goes, no, it's been happening more and more. Uh, then he tells him he's suspended for the next day. Uh, as he's leaving, he says, I can't believe I have this job. I'm, I have a degree, unlike some people, talking to the boss. Okay, I just have a quick thing that I have to say here. Yeah. How is suspending you even without pay punishment? I mean, the only thing that will really do is fuck with your money. Yeah. But like suspending you without pay. I think pay that's is, supposed to be the whole thing. It's Yeah, okay, so it fucks with his money, but suspending someone without pay is basically like saying, here, take this unpaid vacation day. Yeah, that's how I treated it. <laughs> We're going to suspend you from Friday and all the while. By the way, don't come in Monday. No, no, so. I came in on Monday. Oh, so we're going to suspend you as a I would Friday. come in Friday morning and go, we're going to suspend you so you can go home. And I went, oh, okay. And sometimes you would get suspended on a Thursday night and say yeah. that you didn't have to come in on Friday. Friday morning, yeah. How is that a punishment? It just encourages bad behavior. It really wasn't because I hated that fucking job. So <laughs> The only thing that was a problem was it fucked with your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the time I was single, so what did I give a shit? <laughs> I had plenty of money. And that same stupid fucking job, you still let you work 10-hour days the rest of the week to make up for it the following week. Yes, they did. <laughs> they were idiots. They were dumb. <laughs> they were the dumbest dumb people that ever dumbed. Which is why that dumb place no longer exists. Yes. Because they're too dumb to even dot com dumb. Yes, yes. He says, you know, he's being suspended. Uh, Steve is part of a union, but now the union can't even help. Reminds him that this is his second write-up. On the third write-up, he can be fired. Uh, we hear then, uh, as Steve is out by his guard shack, the radio talks about the Mojave killer, the Mojave murderer. And then as Steve's walking by some newspapers, he sees that his body dump site has been found. So 
where they found all the women's bodies. Uh-oh, he's got to find another mountainside to dump the bodies of dead hookers. Exactly. Uh, Steve goes out looking for a victim, and he finds a young lady in a broken down car. As they kind of converse a little bit, she says that she knows that she can trust him and will tell him later why. Uh, Steve says, that's fine, I can give you a lift. As you can tell, Steve is already sizing her up as his next victim. He just needs to pick some tools first. Uh, they drive out to what seems to be a very empty, abandoned building. He is saying that he just needs to pick up some tools because yeah. he's going to, quote unquote, fix her car for her. No, no, no. He doesn't know anything about cars. He's getting tools from a friend Although, or a job. What she described, the problem that she's having with her car, he the, automatically diagnosed correctly. Yeah, the alternator. Yeah, but because goes, the I don't radio know, but, started getting fainter and fainter. Yeah, and but then he the said, I don't working. know anything about car engines. So he said he just needed to grab tools from his buddy. Right. Yeah. That's an excuse to get her to this warehouse to yes. where he can possibly dismember her corpse. Uh, as he reaches for a crowbar, she tells him that she, the reason she could trust him is because she knows him from church. And this automatically kind of makes him jumble. Almost like this, the church is like the only spot where Steve doesn't fuck up in life. Oh, see, I disagree. I think that the reason that he jumbles here is because he knows that people can connect the two of them so he can't kill her because that would link them together. See, I don't, I don't agree. I, you don't think he's that smart? No. Well, I don't think he thinks like that. He thinks he's too smart that no one could still connect them together because what the fuck he does he's never talked to her he's never seen her before in his life okay but that's that's the only thing well she knows him that's the reason why steve doesn't kill her oh really because he knows they can be connected together he doesn't recognize her because he yeah. hates all women and doesn't care okay but she knows him and she is known in the church even though he doesn't know her all right and that's why he specifically doesn't so anyway her name is cheryl and she has had a crush on steve since high school um so anyway, as we said, this uh, he uh, the circumstance stops Steve from killing she her. She must have a fetish for losers. Yeah, right. But but once again, at the church, because she doesn't know him outside of this church. Uh -huh. And at church, he's a winner. All right. All people who go to church are losers anyway, so we're fine. Okay. But outside of that fact, the only place <laughs> he doesn't fuck up. I love that your response is outside of that fact. You're like, I'm not going to argue that point. But outside, but outside of, that, of that, he's a loser in everything he does except for his activities in the church. Because it's the only thing he tries to do for cover is it, pretend like he gives a fucking church. And it's not even just cover. It's because I believe he believes doing things in church will get him. Not uh, he wants like notoriety. He wants people to praise him. Uh -huh. And for some reason, he found that he like he doesn't he's never late to any church functions as he is late all the time at work he doesn't show up to church drunk as he shows up to his workers jobs drunk he he's a different person inside those church walls because it get, people build him up on a pedestal that's like a typical churchgoer though not all the time man you should hear some catholics talk about each other <laughs> no 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 i mean like the the only thing that they do is show up for church yeah and everything else they're a failure in life damn they stay sober for church i don't think i don't think it's everybody goes to church oh yeah i'm I'm, I'm casting a broad blanket over top of all religious people because they're not listening to this show. No, that's probably true. And if you are and you go to church and you feel like you're not a loser, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let's hash this out. <laughs> I'd like to hear from you because why the fuck are you listening to this show? Because you should hate me. Yeah, I mean, they could be like me. <laughs> yeah, but you're like only religious in the fact that you're trying to cover your spread. <laughs> you're just hoping that if there is a hell, you won't have to go. You're like just religious enough for that. I like knowing there's something bigger than me out there. <laughs> yeah, it's my dick. Now get back to the notes. Oh, my God. <laughs>
<laughs> Boy, are you ever nearsighted. So anyway, uh, Steve uh, starts making a killer scrapbook out of the newspaper clippings. So now he starts his kind of like his little booklet. Uh, we have a church meeting that, that uh, night that he was set up for. And that is our next clip. Steve, how are you? Good. I feel fine. How are you doing? Great, great. All right, so what's the mystery? Oh, no mystery. I just wanted a chance to talk to you first. Mr. Schultz is in my study. Uh, I hate to be blunt, but I don't know how else to tell you this. Schultz's daughter has accused you of... God, it's hard to say the words, but... Well, she's accused you of touching her in the wrong way. What? I know, I know. I couldn't believe it either. As long as I've known you as well as I know you, there's no possible way. What do I do? You know I wouldn't do a thing I like that. that. And I think even Mr. Schultz deep down knows it too. But I think it's very important that you tell him that. Yes, but will he believe me? Well, I've asked Marine Wexler and Richard Blum to join us. They'll act as character witnesses, so to speak. Now, I, I don't mean to say that you're on trial. Sure. But well, we must remember that Debbie is a deeply deserved girl. She needs our help. And we must assure her father that we're here to help. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Let's go in there. You all know Steve. Mr. Schultz, I've asked Mrs. Wexler and Mr. Blum to join us so that they could shed some light on Steve's character. Well, shall we begin? I'm sorry, Steve. Well, that's all right. You did what you felt you had to do. I don't blame you. Debbie's lied to me before. This time she was so convincing, I didn't know what to believe. I'm only happy to come down here and try and help resolve this matter. Steve, you know what Debbie has accused you of. Please don't be offended, but I need to ask you this question point blank. Did you do what she accused you of? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't dream of doing such a thing. That's good. That's fine, Steve. I think that's what we all needed to hear for ourselves. Now, I'd, um, I'd like to play devil's advocate for a moment, if you don't mind. Why would Debbie risk telling such a big lie? You see what I mean? I mean, an outside observer would find it very hard to believe that such a young girl could make up a story like that. Well, that's a tough one to answer, Reverend Lyman, but I do think I have a theory. What we have here is a girl with a very low sense of self-worth. At least that's what I've noticed lately. I think that Debbie has been reaching for something to boost her self-esteem. I think she's found that something, a sexual involvement with a boy. Well, at least that's what I've noticed recently in light of the picture that uh, Debbie drew in Sunday school last Sunday. I think that holds my theory up. And her accusations about you? I must admit I'm a little stricter in, uh, than I should be, and if that's the case, I do apologize. Um, I think that I was a little harsh with Debbie last Sunday, and that's probably the reason why she uh, did what she did. Please, feel free to chime right in. Your input would be most valuable. Well, I'd like to say something, if I may. I find it incredibly difficult to believe that, that anyone could level such charges at Steve, of all people. He's a very sensitive and caring person. Why, the youth of our church respond to him very well, and I know they must fully trust him. As a matter of fact, he's applied to be the head of the Adolescent Crisis Unit, which the Outreach Board is about to start up. He's our prime candidate for the job. Let me add here that Steve has been a Sunday school teacher for five years now, and I can say, as chairman of the Christian Education Board, he's one of our finest teachers. Let me add an observation of my own. Steve here has done more to bolster the youth activities of this church than anyone I know. Everything you say is true. My daughter's such a vicious liar. She would do anything to destroy a person's life. I'm sorry, Steve, the trouble my family's caused you. Consider it forgotten. And please do tell Debbie that I forgive her and that I sincerely wish that she continues coming to church on Sunday. Your forgiveness is far more than she deserves. 
You try to raise a family the best. And then- oh, Jesus right. fucking Christ. Now, there's a reason this is cringeworthy, and this might not be the reason you think it's cringeworthy. Because, in a sense, she did lie. He didn't touch her inappropriately. Not she, that we've seen in the film. No, but that, I think that's there's the There's another point. accusation po- that happens later in the film that we also don't see yeah, that but he I, tries to weasel his way out of. I think that's the whole point with this one, though, is that he didn't. And she is a troubled young girl. She comes from a very troubled home. But here's the reason why this is sick and wrong. The whole time, this father's kind of breaking down, realizing, you know, his family's getting ready to have a rough go of things. And you can tell these he maybe just does not understand his daughter. He's an older man. He does not understand his daughter or where she's coming from in life, and he doesn't know how to get on her level. While he's breaking down, Steve is enjoying every fucking morsel of it with that fucking smug smile he's got. Yeah, which he is, is even more disgusting. Yeah, he loves watching this man in pain. He loves watching yeah. this man's pain. It, it's riling him up and seeing everyone join his side and, and say, oh, how great he is. Praises. Oh yeah. my God, that, that got him going even more all of that stuff he was perversely enjoying all this yeah yeah i have another reason actually that this disgusts me even more Uh most of these kinds of accusations there is very seldomly ever a false accusation for any of this type of impropriety with sexual one percent it's less than one percent yeah it's like 0.5 percent it's less than that actually i can't remember what it is like 0.3 it's it's i don't want to put an actual number on it because i don't know the actual number it's so fucking low that it's minuscule yeah yeah and it's usually a revenge type thing in that an ex-girlfriend or something like that will be trying to get revenge or something along those lines. Yeah. It's not something in this kind of scenario where it's like a teen girl. Yeah. The reason I have a problem with this is the writer put this in and it's all specifically and he specifically says that she did this as a way to get revenge. Yeah. And I really have a problem with that. Granted, I get the time frame that it's from and this is the whole part of a problem with our culture and the, the rape culture that we are all living with. It's just especially in this time. But this just plays into that to where this evil man is false quote unquote falsely accused of something that he didn't do well and I think it's supposed to set up what unfortunately happens later on uh, how Debbie became it, it, not to bury the lead for anybody here or spoiler alert but if you're listening to this you've probably seen it how Debbie eventually becomes his victim you know she unfortunately becomes the exact kind of girl he looks for to kill yeah well I mean he could have been grooming this all along and just looking for a reason especially after this accusation stuff I have an issue with this because well I think after the accusation he definitely wants to kill her he yeah. just doesn't know how to get, get that away, with, vo- it. Get away yeah. with it but yeah, unfortunately with how everything happened uh, it, it, and unfortunately because she's such a troubled girl with a home where she must have parents who just do not understand yeah. her or how to get on her level or any adult that's really on her side she becomes the perfect victim for him there is that what I'm getting at and the issue that I have here is I think it works better as a movie that he can only really get his jollies off on someone that he is touching inappropriately like as a it's a kid who is completely helpless and he has control over them as a victim and it makes for a better story that this is something that he actually has been doing with this girl and she comes to someone to try and say and that's the reason why she's been acting up and going at him in the class yeah and why she drew the pictures and stuff just hear me out okay from a writing standpoint it works better that he's been doing this and been getting away with it and then this happens and then she still becomes a victim it's much darker and it's much more twisted but it's also much more realistic that this sort of thing would happen. 
I suppose. I, I don't know, though, but being a real silly a serial killer, he wouldn't have a live victim who he's constantly abusing. That's that not true. That would stay alive. That's not true. Just because he kills certain women for certain aspects of it doesn't mean that he doesn't also have an additional level of like crazy fucking kink and rape fest that he's got going on, too. I suppose that's true. I guess that's an aesthetic some, thing some, that you want to Some choose. serial killers would actually kidnap a victim and keep them alive for a very long time and torture them while they're going yeah. out and killing other people. Yeah. And this particular person, he has trapped. Well, I think we're looking well. at a hot button topic right now because that is something that's out there like now. Serial abusing like that. Yeah. yeah. That they've been getting abusing, away with it for and then, ages. And then, and then the other side who want to point out like, oh, but what about false accusations when those are such a minuscule thing? But yeah. That's a that's a whole war thing in this country. Uh, but the same thing of uh, our politics are banished out and all of that. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. This little throwaway scene in the movie that just kind of is there to set up the fact that this girl is going to be groomed to become his next ideal kind of victim mm-hmm. is a much more hot button issue nowadays when you look at I think it was then it actually encapsulates the actual problem with everything where the everybody automatically believes the wrong person here yeah in this particular case someone who is saying that something bad happened to them like that they need to believe them first even though the guy may not have to go to jail they need to take steps to make sure that he's never left alone with kids again yeah because any thought of impropriety, particularly in this type of environment. And the fact that it's happening in a church makes it even more fucking horrific because it automatically brings into clergy molestation and all of that kind of stuff that just goes hidden and buried. And the fact that the church is just getting together to bury all of this, it makes it that much more vile and disgusting. Yeah. And it's a really difficult scene and it's not something you would expect in a serial killer flick like that. No, it's a pretty weird scene. Which basically is another thing about these particular filmmakers that makes them such interesting filmmakers for me. I'm sorry, yeah. Ahead, but we're talking forever about that scene. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he uh, talks to, he walks into work again. He's talking to his boss that he's uh, going to be getting another job soon and, you know, of, uh, using intellect and all this kind of stuff. He really just, once again, talking down. And his boss is no better to him. His boss calls him by the wrong last name constantly. On purpose to fuck uh, per- with him because yeah. his boss hates him too. Yes. And wouldn't you hate this guy? He's well, such I would a hate prick. if he was my employee or my coworker. I'd hate the prick. I mean, he's showing up drunk and 20 minutes late. Anyway, there is a complaint against him, and that is our next clip. Yes, fine, thank okay, you. Okay, tell me what happened. Well, first, let me say, Mr. Turner, I, I really think you, there shouldn't be someone like this creature at the association gate, and John is livid. Mm. Let me tell you, he is livid. Now, Wes, Joe, ma'am, Belmont, I believe you've met Mrs. Tyre. We met this afternoon. Yeah, it's about that meeting this afternoon that we're having this one. Just hold on. Please go on, Angela. Well, I was going to see John, and I was late as usual, and... <laughs> You know how John is when you're late. And so I was rushing through the gate. And she almost ran me over. That's not true. And I'm not surprised that um, Mr. Belmont, whatever, Steve Belmont. 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 Belmont felt that because when he breathed on me, when he spoke to me, he reeked of beer. No, 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 no. See, what happened was she had an expired permit on her car, first of all. Second of all, a guy had come running through just a couple cars before and he had beer inside his car and he threw it inside my cage and got it on me. I would prefer to think that Mr. Um, Belmont, Steve whatever was drinking because when i got out of my car he threw me up against my car he physically physically threw me up against the car that's a lie and he said i hope someone like the mojave murderer gets you you bitch why doesn't this surprise me Wes? i think we can talk now huh? and so i will be right back we just have to take care of this business okay just one second you'll be fine you behave yourself you're dead what did you say I said, you're one dead bitch. 
Joe, he threatened me again. I'm calling John. What the hell? I didn't say a word. I didn't do a thing. You know, you're one big screw up, Belmont. Guys like you give the union a bad name. I told Joe he can do whatever he needs to. Yeah, and Joe just decided that's warning number three. Thanks a lot, Dinglemont. This is a big day for me. Tomorrow's your last day. Pick up your check tomorrow. You're here. The name is Belmont, and I quit. Do I have to call security? No, you don't have to. Thanks a lot, Wes. Thanks a lot for sticking up for all the union guys. I'll pass the word around. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, these guys have no idea how to take a formal complaint properly. That woman should never have had to face him directly like that. No. He should have had to address what was going on. They should have been doing this all separately. Yeah. And then been interviewed separately. This whole entire thing. Although I think they all believed her. Now, this is a complete separation from the church. Yeah. That's what I said. Everything outside church, no one... This is why you need to have a complete separation from church and state, (laughs) Matt. Every Everyone to a T knows that he was a fuck up. I don't think she didn't have to even go up and say, like, let's say he doesn't say, you know, you're one dead bitch when he said that. Yeah. And she got up and flipped out and said, he he threatened me again. I'm getting John. I think when those two came out, if he would have just stayed silent that whole time and that whole scene and then they came out of that room, I think he's still fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has sway because this guy, John, is supposed to be like one of the biggest fucking trainers. on. Yeah. He's the the, best trainer at the tracks. Yeah. That they're at or whatever. But. I think it's a really interesting comparison to where you you have this really interesting dichotomy that you've kind of set up where you have the church Steve that everybody sees that is like this quote unquote model citizen because that's where he gets the most accolades for what he does yeah. versus the loser everyday rest of his life Steve. Yeah, which uh, which I still submit guard. is like a goodly portion of your churchgoers. <laughs> they pretend to be something when they're there in the pews to, you know, show how good they are, but in real life they're not necessarily a serial killer, but they're like, you know, at their worst. All right, all right. Get off your soapbox. I'm not on a soapbox. I'm just, that's human it's human nature, man. You're so up there. I had to take out a megaphone to tell you to get off that fucking soapbox. No, that's human nature. That's how it works. When you're in a place like a church, you try to present the best version of yourself. No. When in reality, you're not It's that like at that all. first date. It's like a first date. You present the best version of yourself. Yeah, you got that not fucking. The, not yeah. the, I've had those dirty socks on my floor for the past three months. Or my own feet. <laughs> and my own feet. And, and, and I think there's like five week old pizza in the fridge that I'm still to eat. <laughs> See, I just present the worst version of myself just right out there and yeah. and if you love me for who I am, then great. If not, then, you know, I'll take you or leave you. Yeah, there you go, man. That's how it works, which is why I never worked in church. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me. So... The worst version of yourself, huh? Yeah. Mm, okay. Anyway... <laughs> I doubt it. Um, (laughs) Neil is at home and Steve shows up drinking champagne, saying that he quit his job and that he's going to be the new director of a youth crisis center with the church. Neil says that funding for that is always very sketchy at best and always gets pushed out. Neil's asking Steve uh, about Steve's rent, which Steve just blows him off. Steve heads home, passes out. Then he gets a call the next morning for the rent check. Did you notice there was a trash can in his hand like he's been there? He's been vomiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He asked for two more weeks as he lost his job. And uh, all the realtor says is now he's going to get a three-day notice. Well, the manager of the property because he's a rental. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, as he's, uh, they they call him a realtor. Then they never call him a landlord. There's all sorts of stuff that terminology in this film is all fucked up. And the way that they handle bureaucracy in an office type situation, like with the complaints and stuff, that's messed up too. Right. Uh, He goes in the next day to pick up his last check. He keeps saying, you know, 
know, wait till my lawyer gets done with you. Uh, you know, really talking big, like like he's gonna have a fucking lawyer. Does this blowhard, blustery horse shit sound very familiar to oh, anybody he, in the news lately for yeah, you? Uh huh. Right. Yeah. And he pretty much says uh, the boss says, you know, it was against one of our largest trainers. You always come in late. You've been drunk. He goes, you have no case. And he decides to leave. And he goes, whatever. And he tosses trash on the floor. And then he made him sign a piece of paper to release everything. And, and to when get his he looked, check. Yep, to get his check. And when he looked, he had signed his name. Fuck you. That's not how you sign your name? No. Jesus, that's like on every bank draft and check. Uh, really? I sign it always. Fuck you. Yeah, none of that's legal. At all? No. Wow, that explains why I'm in so much debt. <laughs> <laughs> I've been paying all my checks. Well, hey, fuck you. Real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, you have life insurance, right? Why? You're going to want to resign those documents or else Bev's never going to see a dime. <laughs> I shouldn't have signed those fuck you as well? Yeah, nope. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody calls it the John Hancock, so I'm like, well, why not just the fuck you? No, that's that's not how that... That's not legally binding. That's not legally binding. That's how I got this house. Really? I signed it fuck you and I still have the house. Oh, yeah. You better hope there's never an audit on that. <laughs> I signed my taxes too, speaking of audits. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Michael, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. We're getting punchy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to power, power through this here. Uh, he heads over to Neil's store, and he needs to borrow some money. Uh, he goes, you know, I lost my job. He goes, I thought you quit. And he goes, yeah, I quit, lost, whatever. You know, these lies are getting all mixed up now. Yep. Neil will loan him the money. However, Steve will have to work as a janitor in the store. Steve at first is against it, because obviously this is below him and his monster intellect. Uh, but however, then... He- <laughs> Then he sees a nightly deposit come in, and Neil puts it in a drawer, and it looks like a good stack of hundreds. So then he does agree, and he will start in the morning. He's only there to steal the nightly deposits. That's yes. all he's there for. Whenever that comes in, he's going to steal the money out he, of the Yeah, drawer. he's looking at that. That's all he wants. Uh, Steve is on the prowl again and finds a young lady who's, like, walking down the street. He pulls some, he wants some directions, but then he pulls the old, hey, are you a model? I'm a photographer. I, I want to really shoot you kind of freaking. Uh, line breaks my heart how yeah. flattered she is that he thinks she's pretty enough to be a model yeah and she was like oh maybe i should call my mom he goes don't worry you're, you, you know, can call her from my yeah from you, my, uh, you know what your yeah. mom you she you know you worry about your mom so much let her worry about you for a change they go back and he gives her some wine and uh he starts getting a little more aggressive and she thinks she should call his mom and that's when he brings out a gun well that's because he goes off and hides in another yeah. room and then she gets a little freaked out and rather than just going out the door and running for it. Which she should have done. She decides to go try to call her mom. Yep. Yeah. And he gets a gun to her back of her head, gets her down to her knees and tell her, you know know what I want, you know what I mind. And she's like like begging for her mom and he goes, your mom's dead. Do you want to go see her? And I was like, oh my God, you're fucking such an asshole, Steve. This is really brutal. Because Steve can't ever get an erection right when she's about to like actually get his pants totally unbuckled is when he decides to choke her to death. Uh, this scene got really gruesome really fast. Yeah. The way that she's crying and begging for help, that particular actress did almost way too good of a job for what this film had. Yeah. I mean, like, Steve is a competent enough actor and he does a good enough job playing an asshole. Yeah. But this actress sells her pain so well, it felt way too real for me. That one was rough. And I watched this one second because I, I did the notes. We did the notes pretty yeah. much the same night. I was so fucking punch drunk by the time this scene happened that it hit me so hard and yeah. I was emotionally wrecked. Like, I pause it for a moment. I'm like, no, no, yeah. I got. I need I a minute. almost made that a recording. Oh Jesus Christ! Wow, that would have been brutal. I, well, I was recording the 
them him talking to her because I'm yeah. like, oh my god, that line is such horseshit. Yeah, it it transferred over to that scene, and I just crossed the whole fucking thing out. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm done. I don't want to be reminded of that. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't even want to listen to the line he used to pick her up. Yeah, I pretty much probably would have grabbed that one because of how brutal uh, it is, and it's it's horrifying. That this one's bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we get another drive out to the desert. After he dumps the body, he talks to himself that that was the best one since the first one. Oh, it's so fucking disgusting. Yeah. Uh, and he adds another article for his scrapbook. He got off on it so much more because she was more scared than any of the other women had been in a long time. And also, I bet that was the first non-hooker. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Everyone I've been have been prostitutes. Yeah. I bet this is the first non-prostitute in that probably jumped it up a notch. He actually was able to charm a person who was not yeah. a streetwalker looking for money, and that got him off even more. And also, he was able to really make her feel awful and low and degrade her so much more, and that got him off even more because he's that kind of a disgusting pig. Yes. Uh, anyway, he is uh, then 20 minutes late for work the next morning at Neil's. He sees that cash again, so he's, he knows he wants to get going. Uh, he should be cleaning, but he is sitting there drinking coffee, reading a newspaper. Uh, he gets yelled at by Neil. Kind of like dressed down pretty hardcore. Who tells him he has to go clean up a dumped diaper? Yeah. Later on, we see him sweeping in the back. He gets mad. He goes, I don't know what you do with this job, Neil, and ends up breaking like glass and shit or whatever it is or light bulbs in the back. He's smashing up stock. Everyone's doing. doing things because he can't actually threaten another man. No. He's too he's too much of a pussy for that. Yeah, he's a total coward and he, yeah. he hates women, but he's terrified of men because he hates himself. Yeah. And then, uh, so anyway, uh, Steve meets with Cheryl again at the church and that is our next clip cheryl hi i'm back in church it's good to see you thought a lot about you since uh, we met you're still my beating heart it's too much for a girl to think that a tall handsome man would think her in the middle of the week oh you kissed the blarney stone i see <laughs> hi mom hi hon mrs wessler is your mother oh maureen please i don't want to sound older than i am it's a small world that's exactly what i said when i found out it was you that helped cheryl out the other day many thanks it's my pleasure well, it's very reassuring to know there's a good Samaritan in the world, especially with that murderer on the prowl. Mom, you don't have to worry about me. I can take care of myself. That's exactly what I do worry about. Oh, did you read there is a body of a teenage girl found? Nobody is safe with the Mojave murderer around. Well, just let the killer try and come after me. I'll show him what's what. Oh, how would you do that? Well, don't let this get around, but when I get mad, I get really mad. And uh, I become a she-wolf. Oh, just let him try anything. I go after the juggler. <laughs> See why I worry? <laughs> By the way, what are you planning for dinner tonight? Oh, nothing really. I was just going to go home and sit around and dream what it's like to sit down to a home-cooked meal. Oh, brother, just when I was trying to invite you, you go ahead and invite yourself. Well, how about dropping by around 5 o'clock? Great. I think I remember how to get there. You better. What are you cooking? I'm opening the can of beans. <laughs> Marvelous. I'm sure Steve can hardly wait. Hi. Steve, fancy meeting you here. Oh, for little old me. Mm, come on in. Look who's here. Hi, Steve. <gasps> Flowers, how pretty. You shouldn't have. They're for both of us, Mommy dearest. <laughs> She's still at it. I hope you like veal parmesan. Smells wonderful. 
I'll have some wine. I'd love some. Thank you. Are we going to tell him now? All right. What are you two up to? How about a toast? Cheryl, you do the honors. Ah. To the head of the Adolescent Crisis Unit. You're here. <laughs> the committee left it up to me to tell you. I thought this would be an appropriate time. I'm speechless. You deserve it. It's what I've always dreamed of, to be in an important position of service to this community. That's exactly what impressed the committee at your interview. They knew you meant it because of all your volunteer work at the church. I've always tried to live my faith. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I think I will drink to that. Jesus Christ, man. The only reason he's being polite to them at all is because all they have is nothing but adulation and joy and support for him and telling him and how wonderful he is. Keep up the front. Well, there's a part of keeping up the front, but do you really think he would be all that polite to this girl if she wasn't already just flat out telling him that she's got a crush on him for like ever and was, you know, really into him and all of that? Probably not. But uh, well, I don't know. But it, because of who her mother is and because it's church people. Yeah, he probably would to keep up once again that front of being look at I'm I'm Mr. Holier than now. I'm I'm the best. I'm so friendly to everyone here. Yeah, but I also think that part of the front is trying to have a girlfriend and looking like he's a normal person too. Possibly, but I mean, you know, once again, if that girl didn't have any like feelings for him or anything, he didn't feel it, I still think to keep up that because it's once again at the church. Now, if this was just some girl at a different job or something, like if we met her at the store, then no, he'd be a total dick to her and just fucking kick her and maybe even kill her. You never know. But he'd be just a complete dick to her. But because it's at the church, he does, you know, for the most part of this movie, eh, only things he does right, like public wise, and doesn't lose his cool. For the front. Yeah. For the front. Yeah. Doesn't lose his cool, doesn't get drunk or any of that shit. The only thing that doesn't lose his front is at the church. Okay. I think she's definitely a part of that and that fills yeah. in. And I think it makes it easier because she placates his ego like a it, motherfucker. It, they, yeah, it doesn't. It's ha- like a dual duty. I think we're both yeah. right in this case. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that he, she also, like, goes freaking nutty for him. So, yeah. Ed Eubanks, though, wants to meet with Steve as he is putting up all the money. He then goes ahead uh, as he's leaving and enjoys a nice little kiss with Cheryl. Uh, Neil drops off a uh, tie for Steve's meeting. As he goes through Steve's credentials, his little folder, he realizes all of them are fake. He's like, you've never graduated from college. What college did you graduate from? Like, every certificate's fake. Up to this point, until you actually hear his cousin say this, do you believe anything that he said? No, I I know for a fact he's not. When he said, I have a degree, I'm like, he doesn't have a degree. You knew right off the bat that he's a I fucking liar. I knew because everything he said was inflated. I knew the, from the fact when uh-huh. he sat back down and told all his buddies, "Well, I don't need to pay for it. I can get it for free anywhere I want." I'm like, no, you can't. You know, so fuck you, asshole. You know. So he has the best genetics. Yeah, yeah. He's so got a you really know, big right brain, there, he's all super high Q. Yeah, I you better right. believe there's no problem there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Despite the fact that he has tiny hands. Yeah, and orange tinted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, is it this that's causing me to hate Steve even more? Probably. <laughs> and then as he's leaving, he already has a stain on the tie he just borrowed from Neil. Within five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that whole sequence could have been excised. We didn't really need any of that other than the fact that Neil confronts him about... Yeah, the fake the stuff. fake stuff, yeah. Well, Steve meets with Ed, and that is our next clip. I'm really very happy with your resume. This is impressive. Very impressive. But I have one question, Steve. With all of your credentials, why haven't you gone into private practice? I'm very glad you asked me that question. That same thought has been going through my head for the last few years. I've always felt that serving the community should be the psychologist's highest goal. And in private practice, psychologists always think of their profits coming first and serving the community coming last. And I've always felt that sacrificing to the community should come first. So I protested by staying out of private practice and waited for the opportune situation to come along, and I think this is the one. That's very commendable. But if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a personal question. No, not at all. Are you married? I'm single. And why aren't you married? 
I've just never had the time or money to think of settling down and getting married. My education comes first. It's been six long years to get that degree. According to this resume, it's been seven years. Well, yes, seven years in time, but yes. I see. Excuse me. Maureen, are you sure that all the money I'm going to invest is tax-deductible and that the corporation's name will appear on all literature concerned with the project? Absolutely. Well, the committee seems satisfied. Why don't I ring for the butler? He can bring us some drinks and we can toast Steve Belmont, a man more concerned with self-sacrifice than self-gain, a Christian in the truest sense of the word. Oh, God. Yeah, right over there? I'm going to have to chew it back a little bit. Mm, isn't it delicious? The the shit that that guy just said is, yeah. that's that can hold be tied into the well, evangelicals following the orange stain. <laughs> once again, it was almost a slip up. Yeah, this documents the seven years. Yeah, seven in years. Or in time. Seven in time. Seven in time. What the fuck does that even mean? Uh, Six years, but seven, like six credit like school years, but seven total years. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he took a year off to go. Or like six Europe. years of really hard work in one year where it was like easy street. That sounds like my high school years. <laughs> seven years? A lot of yeah. people go to high school for seven years. No, it was <laughs> no for me it was like one and a half to two years of front loading all of my classes. Yeah. And then the last two years of just loafing because I wanted to get out of there faster and no that's, one would let me. That's what I did. Yeah. I tried um, to test out and my parents wouldn't let me. Aw. Uh, uh Steve then shows up to Neil's store and with an air of smugness about him, uh smoking in the office sitting on the desk walks out and quits the job even though he still owes his cousin money and he's yep. been stealing from that store and all that other stuff because he's a piece of shit yeah back at the church steve is shown the office for his uh crisis unit with his name on the door as director which maybe now he finally has an erection because <laughs> that's all he wants he calls cheryl for a date and they have the date at his new office it looks to be love making time but then steve's dick doesn't want to work because it never works. And then he blames her. Yes, and Steve gets very cold and goes to the bathroom. Uh, as Steve comes out of the bathroom, he notices that Cheryl is gone. He, he can hear, hear her talking to a young lady about how Steve can help her and how the uh, minister can help and everyone at the church. We see that the young lady is Debbie, who uh, sees Steve and actually just runs away. Uh, Steve convinces Cheryl that uh, the girl was probably just trying to uh, Connor into giving Fleece her money. Her for money. Yeah. yeah. And Cheryl still seems worried, but Steve becomes, he goes, I've been fleeced before. So, you know, then he even played that game where he played himself as humble. Like, oh, I've been fooled a lot before too. You know, that's why I can spot him and, you know, all that. So. Is she monumentally gullible or is she letting the fact that she's always had a crush on him fool her? She's in love because she says in that scene, she's she in love with him. him. Yeah. And it was really so disgusting love, to watch her give yeah. herself to him like love that. Love will make you blind. Well, don't I know it. Yeah, right? I was able to forgive so many things. Well, like what? I don't want to talk about my father right now. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll go throw the ball around later. That one grossed you out, huh? Yeah. I should have said I didn't one. want to talk about your father right now. <laughs> that would have made you even more grossed out. Yeah. I, but let's talk about your mother some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're talking about the things that you're forgiving for love. <laughs> Steve, um, here's something when he's grabbing Cheryl's stuff in the office, but they leave. He takes Cheryl home. Uh, Cheryl wants a kiss, but uh, good night. But he turns his head. He says something like, you know, once everything gets up and running, I'll be back to my normal self. And she's like, I'm sure you will. Um, anyway, he goes back to the church and he finds Debbie uh, hiding. Uh, he offers her to stay at his place just for the night, he said, because then after that, he, she needs to make a decision about what she wants to do for her future. Says he'll 
give her a nice cooked meal and all that. She says she's surprised by how nice he's being after what she put him through. And he said he, you know, he believes all the things in the Bible and all that. And Debbie says, that's great. Let's go. Uh, she leaves. And the very next scene is a clipping that he's cutting out showing that Debbie was the very next victim and the youngest victim to date. And so Debbie is now become the latest uh, conquest for Steve in his murder. Uh, Cheryl, we see, is heartbroken. She is bawling because she could not help this young lady. Cheryl has lunch with Steve, and that is our final clip. I feel good. Really alive. I just wish there was some way I could cheer you up. I'm sorry. It was a bad idea for me to come out today. I feel really out of it. It was that girl, wasn't it? Cheryl, there's nothing we could do about it. Listen, you're going you're to have to learn something. If you want to be working at that unit, you're going to have to learn how to cope with these things. How do I learn to cope with the murder of a young girl? I didn't mean that in particular. I, I'm talking about in general. I mean, maybe sometimes, no matter what you say or do, these youngsters are going to go out there and they're going to do what they want to do, even if it means hurting themselves. You're right, of course. Cheryl, I don't mean to be preaching like I know everything, but in this particular situation, it was her fault. How can you say that? How can you say it was her fault that she was murdered by a monster? You think this is funny? No, I don't think it's funny. I think your reactions are funny. Cheryl, the girl was a con artist. Couldn't you tell that? She went out into the street alone. She knew the dangers were there. She just figured she could go out and handle them on her own. I think she was a little surprised when she found out that she couldn't. Look, I didn't mean it to sound that way. What I'm really trying to say to you is, are we really that guilty? Yes, we are. Society is guilty. It's guilty because it creates a situation that forces a young girl out into the street. It's guilty because it creates a monster that would take advantage of that young girl. We're guilty because we're part of society, Steve. I don't know what you're trying to say. I had a strange thought the other night. The more I thought about it, the less strange it got. What if the murderer knows that that office is the adolescent crisis unit? Yeah, so? Well, think about it a minute. All he'd have to do is lurk around until some troubled kid came along. And then one less teenager. It would be our responsibility. You have a vivid imagination. That unit would be like bait for his victims. So what are you saying? I guess I'm trying to say that I don't like feeling helpless. So I went to Ed Eubanks and I told him how I felt. He agrees with me. Ed's going to withhold funding from the unit until the killer is caught. Steve, what's the matter? Steve, you're scaring me. What am I supposed to do? You had to interfere, didn't you? You know I quit a job to be the head of that unit. Aren't you being a little selfish? Doesn't the safety of the kids come first? Leave it to a woman to fuck things up. Steve. I trusted you. Damn it. Hello? Hello, Maureen. Oh, Steve. Is it true that Ed has withheld the funding? Cheryl must have told you. It's true that... Yes, Ed thought it best. You mean you thought it best? Steve, are you all right? Oh, I never felt better. I know it must come as a shock, but no, it's only temporary until they find that killer. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm glad you feel that way. Say, Maureen, I'm afraid Cheryl and I got into an argument, and she left in a bit of a huff before I could apologize. Do you know where she might go when she's upset? Oh, no, 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 uh, unless she's at one of her girlfriends. I'm going to try to find her. If she gets home before I see her, will you tell her how sorry I am? Yes, of course, but I, I wouldn't let it worry you, Steve. Oh, man. Yeah. He figured that one out. That facade fell apart real fast. But he was able to pick it back up enough. Then he goes back to the table and turns the charm on again and agrees with Cheryl and says, you know, she's right. I was being selfish and actually closing this down is a great idea. And Cheryl, because of her love, buys that hook, line, and sinker. Ladies be dumb when they in love. (laughs) Men be stupider. Yeah, right? Uh, More stupider. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> he asks if she wants to go to the, to the drive through the desert, and she agrees. Uh, as they drive through, she like really just loves the views and everything. Uh, they find a spot, and he parks, and then he kind of goes nutty on Cheryl, telling her, you know, it's all a woman's fault. You know, women can't stay in their place. Women, all this misogynistic crap. Uh, he then tries to kill Cheryl, uh, all the while telling her that uh, uh, he was going to kill her and that he is a Mojave murderer and that Debbie was the best one yet, that he did kill Debbie. And uh, she asks him to kiss him, in which he goes crazy for. He's like, wow, you must be a real freak to enjoy this. And he goes to kiss her. And then she ends up biting out a good amount of his neck. Like, not like a chunk out, but like biting deep enough to draw blood. set this up earlier where she talks about if she had to come across She'd be a, turns into a wolf or something. Yeah, where she actually becomes like a beast where she gets super angry and turns into a wolf or whatever. After that point, she's able to get away from him and grab the gun that's in the front of the van and shoots him once in the shoulder. He stumbles out of the van and she follows and shoots again and kind of like hits right in front of him. It doesn't hit anything. Uh, Shoots again this time takes out his leg gets him in the ephemeral artery it yeah. looks like like it looks like she purposely put it in the femoral artery yeah maybe i don't know if she has any experience with shooting or if it was just dumb luck but whatever uh i want to believe that once she realized what she was dealing with she had no dumb luck and she was gonna put this wild beast down because she, of her anger doing all sarah connor on him kind of i prefer t2 sarah connor i prefer more uh jamie lee curtis from halloween 2018 oh there you go yeah <laughs> I didn't see that one. So is that good? Did you like it? Oh, I really dug it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, all right. Uh, then I know I got to see it. It's, um, it's it pretty much wipes away every other one, right? After three, it's been the best one. Nice. Yeah. But that's beside the point. None it, of that matters. None of that matters here. Anyway, uh, she, after he drops, she gets in the van and drives away, leaving him out into the desert. We see him kind of, he's trying to stumble throughout the desert. Then he turns and falls and we see him, the Mojave murderer dies in the desert. Roll credits. Whatever complaints I would have had about some of the stuff that he was able to get away with and the shit that the writer really got wrong with the accusation that happened in the church yeah. and the way that they went about it. Culturally speaking, I think I see why they went that direction because most people believe those kind of accusations are usually false, I'm guessing. That's true. Even though they're wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> to believe that way. Um, the problems I had with that, that uh, when the writer said that, because I assumed that it was true whenever I saw that in the film and that yeah. nobody else believed her which is kind of the case of what happens because of the culture yeah and I think that looking at it through that lens I liked that idea more that this was something that he was able to get away with uh-huh. even more so so until I heard the writer say that that's why I got angry for this for the show yeah. yeah but the woman at the end who very clearly states that she is not going to be a victim that if somebody comes to get her her anger will take over and she will turn into a beast and that's what happened yes she was able to trick him and play into his ego enough to turn it against him and fight back and the biting of the neck as part of the self-defense is almost as cool as Connie jamming her arm down that fucking mutant guy's throat. Yep. Almost as cool. (laughs) Not gonna lie, I punched the air and yelled fuck yes when she started biting at his throat. Yes. I was cheering her on and then when she flips the script on him and starts hunting him that's why I want to believe that she was literally shooting him in the leg to put him down because of the fact that 
she was in that state of anger that he was going to try and kill her, that he was the killer of the little girl that she felt so guilty about and that he pulled the wool over her eyes and fold her. I, that's the way I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And I really dug it. The end of the film, just like in Project Nightmare, brought the movie up in my estimation so much more. And I'm like, okay, these guys are really trying to do something more with the budget that they have. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this film by the end of it. Yeah. Like it was it was a well done film. For as for low, what they had. For as low budget as what it is, what they were able to put together. The acting was, was really done well for each character. They got actual actors for the most part. There's yeah. very few non-actors, I guess is what they call them now, instead of like, you know, just <laughs> whatever you want to call yeah. them. But there's very few people who don't know how to deliver dialogue in this film. They did a good job with casting, whether they're theatrical or whatever like that. It's really well done and it's surprisingly so. And you wouldn't you wouldn't think that it was going to be that. You were expecting probably trash by the time you look at the cover when you see this film, you know? Yeah, right. And yeah. You're, you're wrong. You're so wrong. They're very trying wrong. to do so much more with it. Yeah. I'm really pleasantly surprised. I was very impressed by this movie. I was expecting us to be just ripping on this and like confused and angry like we were with the, Horror House on Highway 5. Yes. And like just really like ripping. I was so, I was hoping for that out of this episode. Yeah. And what I got was two films that made me think. Yes. And I'm like, holy fuck, guys. And Good like, work. You're like, how fucking dare you, movie? No, not at all. Whenever that happens. Nobody think, makes me think my own thoughts. <laughs> nobody makes me think my own thoughts. <laughs> I like that. No, I, having a movie challenge you when you're expecting something completely different, you know, like it, it was really interesting for me. I was expecting a really bad attempt at making a slasher, but what we really get is a really interesting character study of a deranged mind of a serial killer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's not quite Henry Portrait of Siller Killer, no, serial God, killer no, at all. No, no. But it's mean. still pretty good. Yeah. It's almost like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer light. It, Diet Henry. The thing about Henry of a Portrait of a Serial Killer killer that makes it a cut above all the other films of this caliber is the targeting towards realism the way that they actually the actors that they got were all really really yeah. excellent and the director was a little bit more experienced than these guys I think if these guys could have gotten a little bit better of a budget and gotten even more people around them and not just been a hey guys let's put on a show like Henry Portrait for Serial Killer had some funding and it had some talent behind it these are very inexperienced filmmakers just yeah. Just having a go at it. That's and, what I said. It's and, diet. Yeah, and what they had of it was what they did with it is really yeah, impressive. They did a great job. I think this would make a good companion piece with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I think so. Yeah, I think they watch actually would go Watch this one with, first and then watch Henry. Yeah, because you can't follow you Henry. You can't with, follow Henry with this. And really, the only thing you should really follow Henry with is some fucking diazepam. Or, <laughs> fucking good hit off of marijuana and then go to bed. Yeah, maybe like a like a light scotch. Yeah. Um, Maybe... Maybe a shower. A shower and a Prozac. Yeah. A Valium and um, some kitty videos. If you're Michael Douglas, maybe a donut. <laughs> In the shape of Catherine Zeta-Jones' vagina. Yeah. <laughs> or a butthole. Allegedly. <laughs> or Nicki Minaj's ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting loopy again. Yes. All right, anything else to say about the no. film? Or, no, we're done blowing it. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Murder lost, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take one last break here. We're going to play a promo for a podcast that really wishes it didn't have to follow <laughs> it that. It didn't have to follow blowjob noises. We're going to have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we will have some PSYOP news. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. 
That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Yes, you can. God, they're one of my favorite fucking punk bands. No, just fucking rock bands in general. Yeah. Just one of my favorite, but they're one of the most influential punk bands on me. I mean, it's, they're right up there with the fucking Ramones. Nice. And the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. And the Misfits. Well, I, I, love, yeah, yeah. I love punk. Yeah, I'm we just, know. I'm all about the punk. We got you. You know what I'm all about right now, though, What's Matt? That? Give me some Psyop News.
our buddy Scott Crawford. Oh, good. You picked this one. This is for you. Go ahead. Hit it now. In other horse sex news. This horse sex is a thing. It's back, guys. We got horse sex. All right. A Florida man accused of having sex with a miniature horse. This horse sex is a thing. It is. A man accused of having sex with a miniature horse in Marin County, Florida. (laughs) A miniature horse? Oh, the poor little thing. I know. Nicholas Anthony Sardo, 21, is charged with four counts of bestiality. When it said they (laughs) saw Sardo have sex with the animal, a male horse named Jackie G in in the field on October 16th. He's going to cornhole that ass with his wiener. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Oh, dude. dude. Poor timing. Wow. I didn't even mean to hit that. What has been with you tonight? I don't. (laughs) What has been with you? What has been with you tonight? What it is, what it was, what it shall be, Mr. Psyops. Detective said Sardo admitted to having sex with a horse saying he knew it was wrong and that he was a sick man. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. With a horse? That's just... This horse sex is a thing. He said he wore a condom because he didn't want to get a disease from the horse. Blood jizz. That would be the disease you would get when you fuck a miniature horse. Blood jizz. The horse is owned by a relative of Sardo and the animal is under their care. He must have an incredibly long penis. To satisfy a horse, even a miniature one. That wasn't even a long story, but there it was. Some horse sex news. (laughs) This horse sex is a thing. I know, man. Yeah, we finally... In other horse sex news. Yes, I mean, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Phrasing? phrasing? Are we not doing? Are phrasing? we not doing phrasing anymore, we guys? Are apparently not doing phrasing. Holy shit! The horse sex news is uh, back. The horse sex news is back. I think that's going in the spank bank. Oh, poorly timed. Oh, court. come on, court. What are you doing? I just randomly hit buttons on this thing. There's no rhyme or reason to what I do. Just sometimes I get lucky. Yeah, right. <laughs> just who knows what's going on around here? Booty juice, booty juice. Gotta have it now. I'm pretty sure that's what he said right before he mounted the horse. Yeah, because it was a male horse. Yeah. So what else is he gonna get? Exactly. All kinds of things you don't want on your dick. Okay, well, that that for him. I mean, <laughs> uh, did he get arrested for that? Yes. You can't He's... pay your bail. Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. But are you a horse? Because that sounds like what you need to be. And I'm going to fuck it to death, dude. No. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Oh no, oh, not in stereo. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Uh-huh. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Uh-huh. And I'm going to fuck it to death. 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 This horse sex is a thing. It was a thing. And I'm going to fuck it to death. This horse sex is a thing. And I'm going to fuck it to death. <laughs> Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Okay, I guess we'll just call it a night. All then, right, man. we're going to pull enough? Michael Douglas on this one. Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Pull. No, no, we're going to pull an alleged Michael Douglas. We're going to pull an alleged Michael Douglas. <laughs> I love how we just turned him into an ass eater. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck he's never listening to this and even if he does man yeah, what's what he gonna he, say yeah what's he gonna do most of his throat's gone now anyway what's it matter <laughs> oh, we're, we're, that was a little offside wasn't that it that was <laughs> it's a little yeah. it's a little bit of a false start on that one <laughs> she's saying node to that one oh 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 <laughs> I can't believe I did that oh I have a cure for that man that's my HPV taste. will cure what ails you <laughs> no poor, that poor... won't cure what ails <laughs> Him, that's what gave it to him. Wait, wait. That was in poor taste. Yeah. Like when he allegedly lists the assholes. All right. We're going to play a promo from another one of my podcasts, which probably doesn't want to be. Your other co hosts probably don't want that to be on here, but. Eh, you'd be surprised the stuff that these weirdos get up to on my other show. <laughs> and I love those two guys. But here's a promo for the Obsessive Cinema Discourse podcast. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of Murder Lust. We come back, we will close out this weird ass Michael Douglas accusatory show. <laughs> There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Danger, danger. 
The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome! Chaps, could we possibly just talk about the movie? Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, 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 Easy Rider's cool. If you consider they're doing thousands of miles in the desert and they have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Oh, not to mention one of them. One of the tanks is full of money. A cool bullshit. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive cinema discourse where podcast worlds collide. The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunny Man is even fucking darker than when you normally listen to the song without any other context behind it. Yeah. I'd like to apologize to everybody who loves Echo and the Bunny Man and that song for ruining it by tying it into this movie. Oh, well. Or if you really like the movie, maybe you won't have a problem with that. I don't know. Yeah, see? It'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know why you're getting such a bug up your ass about it. If you would like to maybe dictate what it is that we do with this show, you can uh, get a little feedback to me. I am cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. I may or may not be able to take pay for play for you to choose what film comes on the show. Ooh. We can talk about it. For some reason, that sounds dirty. That's what I'm trying to make it sound like. All sorts of dirty. Yeah. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com, and ask him all sorts of questions about this film, Murder Lust, including why he had an erection the entire time he was doing the notes. I did not. You can support the show while you support the show. Our Teespring store, teespring.com forward slash 
stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can also find us on our main Legion feed until Bo hears this episode and how disjointed the closing is and decides to get rid of us. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that we just allegedly said that allegedly Michael Douglas eats ass. Eats ass. Even though he fully admitted to eating a whole lot of punani. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he mucks out those stalls with his tongue all the time. Mm-hmm. Legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. Not that we want to be equated to eating pussy. No. Actually, we, Wait, we, we do. do. We totally we do. do. We totally do. We totally do. We totally do. We totally do. We'll get in we there to- with our nose. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the twatter of your twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Would you like to share some tips on how to properly eat pussy? Yeah. We're looking at you, Michael Douglas. Uh-huh. You, you tell us what you know. Tell us how you eat that pussy, bro. You teach us, man. You teach us. Mm-hmm. And while you're out there licking your own Connie Lingus, kick <laughs> the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Yeah.